because we're talking district attorneys, and I have said repeatedly, you know that, that this is arguably the most important thing on the ballot right now. You have the ballot probably in your mailbox. You can vote today if you wanted to, or you could wait till March 5th, which is the very last day. So joining me in studio right now, one of the folks seeking to be the next district attorney for the county of Los Angeles. Uh, he served in the uh, U.S. Army as an infantryman, a member of the military police. He went to Canyon High School, College of the Canyons, California State uh, University, Northridge, uh, and then the law degree from University of Nebraska. And uh, he has been with the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. He joined um, in 2006. Um, Jonathan Hatami, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in uh, so we can see you. So what... what why do you want the job? Well, first, I want to say happy Valentine's Day to you and thank your you. listeners. Thank you. Thank you. And happy Valentine's Day to my wife, uh, Roxanne. I need to make sure I get that out. Right. Um, Priorities. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I've been a deputy district attorney for almost 18 years. Um, I also am raising two young kids here in Los Angeles, a 10-year-old boy and 8-year-old girl. And I'm concerned for the safety of my kids. I'm concerned for the safety of you and your listeners. Uh, I'm concerned for the safety of our community. Uh, many people in our business community, I'm um, also concerned for their safety as well. Um, I have also friends with a lot of family members of victims um, who have lost their children uh, as a result of either gun violence, uh, gang violence, uh, um, or different types of crimes. And many of them feel left out. They feel that nobody's there to, to fight for them. And I think a lot of people also feel afraid of certain little things they normally have done in Los Angeles, and now they feel afraid to do those things. And that's why I'm running for DA, to, to really prioritize public safety and to let people know that I think the DA should be concerned about the safety of people in the community. I mean, that's part of your job as DA. Um, so you, you're saying that you feel, even though we know that, at least in the city of LA, we know the crime numbers are down, you feel you personally and your family are in more danger, even though... Crime numbers are down. So property crimes are up. They're up in the city and in the county. Uh, they just came out with results yesterday. Thefts are up 81% just in right. the city. I'm talking about violent crimes. So, the so things that I would think... I mean, I don't want to lose my car. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm talking about the things you're talking about, our personal safety. So so let's, let's talk about that first smash and grab burglaries. A lot of people are concerned when they go shopping. But let's talk about violent crime. So George Gascon, you have to look at three years, not just the last year. So in the, in the last three years, we've had 111 homicides in L.A. City. Right. We used uh, to have that in a year, though. But under the last, last three years, under Jackie Lacey, we had 798 homicides. And so statistics are also people. Um, they're, they're not just statistics. Right. No, no, I mean, I get that. And we can skew them different ways. And I get that. But, but a lot of them, you know, um, it's, it's kind of a page in the, in the conservative playbook. We... we scare you whether crime is up or down you're scared so vote for me and and i'm just i'm just trying to follow the logic there so i don't look at things as conservative or liberal um, i look at things as people are affected by crime and they're impacted by it and i think they want a da who's going to stand up and fight for them um, i think you can look at statistics and kind of say them one way or the other um, but at the end of the day if people feel that their loved one is not being fought for, no matter if it's one person or 10 people. Um, if people feel that at parole hearings, 
nobody's up there fighting for them. Um, I think that that is an issue. And, and, you know, there's a lot of victims in this community. And I think we can argue behind this way or that way. I also don't believe that I'm trying to scare anybody. Um, every day I fight for abused, neglected, and murdered children. Um, most of them are children of color. Most of them come from lower socioeconomic areas. That, that's your, the unit that you work right. on. Right. Yeah. And so I deal with these things on a daily basis. And so for me, those are difficult things to deal with. Um, I think that people are affected by crime. And I think that they want a district attorney to fight for them. It doesn't mean that as a society, we can't help in other areas as well. I mean, if you ask me, I totally agree that our education system needs a lot of work. Um, our foster care system, which I try to work on on a daily basis, right. is a mess. Um, I, you know, I was raised by a single mom, and I got in trouble when I was 16. That's why I joined the Army. So I just don't think the DA can, can affect those issues. So when people say to me, after you've murdered and raped somebody, it's hard for me to do anything other than protect the public. But if you want to know my heart, I would rather try to help people before they end up in that situation. But I don't know if that's necessarily scaring people. I just deal with that on a daily basis. So it's hard for me to then relate to others who maybe don't see, I guess, the community the way I see it. Right. Um, you know, because you are part of the child abuse unit. So that's why, just to be clear, so that's why he's saying that. Um, but you're talking about what's in the portfolio of the district attorney. And you mentioned um, Gascon, obviously, uh, at this point, he's your boss, but you want his job. Um, and so do a bunch of other people. And a bunch of uh, the deputy DAs have sued, have refused to implement the policies of the sitting DA, and which presumably were the will of the voters. Um, how do you... If you if you were elected DA and that happens to happen to you, how would you proceed? You you can't fire people in your office, you know that that don't go along with what the voters say. So if you're saying, oh, the voters want me, you know, I've been you know fill, I'm part of the American Legion, I'm a veteran, and thank you for your service. How how does that work? Like for me as a voter, I'm looking from the outside in, and I'm going, okay, your job is to support what the voters want. They voted in D.A. Gascon, but yet you guys have done everything possible to subvert that. How, how, how does that make sense to me? So I can't make say... Make it make sense. I can't say for everyone else, but I can talk about me. Of course. Um, I definitely sued George Gascon because I believed his work environment was very hostile. I definitely refused to follow his policies. And it started for me with a little girl named Eternity. It was a four-year-old little girl. She was an African-American girl who was tortured and murdered by her mom. And I had filed that case way before George Gascon became DA. And when George Gascon became DA, he said to me, you have to remove allegations and strikes on that case. I don't care about the evidence. I don't care about... I'm pretty sure he didn't say, I don't he, care about he, the evidence. He, he did. He did. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I don't care about talking to the family members. I could show you emails. I don't care about talking to the police officers. I'm just going to order you to do that. Well, for me, um, the law is created by the people, and, and we follow the evidence and the law. And so for me, I've, I'm going to fight for that four-year-old little girl, and I refuse to follow his policies. I had another case of a 10-year-old boy named but, 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 but before you go into the next case, yeah. um, if we, the voters, wanted those policies, and you work for us, we pay your check, why would you say, I mean, that that case is terrible, but why would you say, well, I'm going to, take it upon myself to do 
what I've always been doing and, and maintain the status quo, even though the voters have asked for something different. Because the voters passed the laws. So the laws that I implement as a prosecutor were passed by the people. That's the will of the people. Right, and now we want reform. I mean, that's what that's what it seems like we want based on what we're seeing uh, at the uh, at the ballots, right? And and um, so, yeah, we pass the laws and then we want change. So if we call for change, and you don't implement it, are you fo- really following the will of the people? So when you say reform, just not charging crimes is not a reform. Well, let's talk about gang enhancements. Okay. Do you feel like they're racist? Just the enhancements themselves? Yeah. No. Um, I don't deal with gang cases. I've dealt with them. Okay, at, but as as the district attorney of the county of Los Angeles, you'll be in charge of, of course. that. So just the law itself has written, the laws are not racist. If a gang member who could be proven to be a gang member takes a gun and then kills somebody and we charge murder and we charge the gang enhancement, I don't believe the gang enhancement is racist. We had a debate recently where a mom stood up to George Gascon and said, my child was murdered and it was a gang crime and you removed the gang enhancement and you removed the gun enhancement. Right, but, but gang enhancements, you can say the justice system is not racist too, but we know how it plays out, how that turns out for black folks. And the gang enhancements are disproportionately impacting black people. So whether... In some perfect world, they would, they would be racist or not is not the question. The question is, as they are currently being utilized, are they racist? So people themselves are racist, but the laws themselves, that law that is not racist. Maybe how people implement them. So keep it the way it is and just kind of say, oh, well, one day we'll, we won't be racist anymore and this won't be a problem for black folks. So people created the gang enhancement. That's the will of the people. It was voted on by the people. It's part of the laws that we have. I think you need a good DA who's going to use discretion and make sure that you imp- implement the laws honestly and justly and fairly. I don't think it, you, you say that we're never going to charge the gang enhancement. And I don't say that you charge it in every single case. I think you look at each case on a case-by-case basis and make a determination if you're going to charge that or not. And just because you charge something doesn't mean you can't work through the process and look at the mitigation of the defendant and say, hey, I think we can help this person. Um, maybe we can strike these things. And maybe we can come to a resolution or, 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 or some type of resolution regarding this case um, that fits everybody's. Um, well, where is the incentive for prosecutors to do that? I mean, if you're a skilled prosecutor, shouldn't you be able to Throw the book at that guy or woman, regardless of whether you have an enhancement. You can find, <laughs> y'all know how to find things we, you know, people have done to increase the amount of time they're going to do if you feel that's necessary. Um, like when you have policies that consistently produce racially imbalanced results, I, I don't think saying maybe we'll just work around it in each individual case is a reliable way to address it, do you? I do. So you're, if you're saying blanket policies work, they don't. That you're going to say automatically we're not going to follow the law. I, I don't believe in that and I don't agree with that. If you're asking me, do we have a, a disproportionate amount of people of color and people in lower socioeconomic uh, uh, situations in custody? 100% we do. If you're asking me to solve that problem, should we just not prosecute crime and then abandon all the victims? I'm going to say no. I don't think anyone is advocating for that. Oh, But <clears throat> but if you don't charge the crimes and enhancement. Not enhance- even abolitionists advocate for that. But if you don't charge crimes and enhancement based upon the law and the evidence, you are doing that. 
you're doing a disjustice for the victim. So we're going to try to fix past injustices by now by now implementing new injustices. Well, I mean, that's that's your perception. So what you're telling me is that you feel like getting rid of gang enhancements is an injustice. So any enhancement that the people have passed that I give you an example. If a mother lost a child as a result of a gang murder, we shouldn't say we're going to have an injustice against that victim because we had past injustices against others. That's not fair. Well, you know what? Um, I, um, my sister was murdered, not here in New Jersey. Um, and yet, my dad and her mom, my bonus mom, chose, we didn't want the death penalty because if we don't believe in the death penalty, we don't want it even when it's our loved one. That's not injustice. That's... Um, a desire to have a moral position and, you know, a social political outlook that we think that we think is more helpful in the big picture. And I think that's what voters, you know, not just here in L.A., but across the country have have intended when they have elected progressives or reformers. Well, you just said you. And so I think that, yeah, you have to respect victims but that's you that's why it should be a case-by-case basis so i think you have to respect victims and their family members um but doesn't mean that your opinions and ideas are the same as others opinions and ideas they could be different as well i was a victim of child abuse i was also the victim of a parental kidnapping i may have different opinions and ideas about what happens to the people who did that to me right but if the voters say we want this and then your boss tells you do this and then you say i refuse because i don't believe that what should be the consequence for you as someone who's not, you know, who works for the people, but is not, you know, carrying out what their purported will is? So it isn't what I believe. The will of the people are the laws that they've passed, and I'm going to follow the laws that they've passed. Um, Even if your boss says do this, you feel like you should be able to refuse that with, with impunity? So there's no human on this planet who could tell me to do something that's wrong, and just because they're elected, I'm just going to do it. Um, I'm just not that type of person. Um, I have a higher moral belief. Um, and so for me, I've been doing this for 18 years. George Gascon has never prosecuted one case. And so if George Gascon tells me, hey, John, I'm not going to allow you to prosecute child murders to the fullest extent of the law, I'm going to follow the law and the evidence. And if that means I'm going against the elected DA, so be it. Um, I think sometimes people have to take a stand. And, it does, and maybe you don't believe in what I believe in, and I'm okay with that. But I'm still m- my own person. And so, you know, so so you just okay. you know what? When we come forward, I want to talk about what you want to implement, what you know, we talked about what you don't want. I want to talk about what you do want. We'll do that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More first things first with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. The conversation continues right now now, now, with Dominique DePrima on First Things First. Uh, He was named Prosecutor of the Year by the Antelope Valley Bar Association in 2016 and Prosecutor of the Year by the L.A. County Bar Association in 2021, I believe. Jonathan Hatami wants your vote for um, District Attorney. And, uh, you know, KBLA Talk 1580, we did a survey. We did a public uh, opinion survey with Eviteris of L.A. County black likely voters. And, you know, tracking with what you said, uh, majority said they do not feel they feel less safe than they felt a year or two years ago. But also maybe 
possibly contradicting what you said, 52% said police reform, justice reform has not gone far enough. I'm, I'm giving you that frame because I feel like, you know, when we talk about people wanting justice for victims, you know, yes, yeah, as, as a sister of a victim, I agree. But what does that look like? What does that look like in a fair, humane, non-racist, and, you know, uh, in, in accordance with what voters have consistently asked for manner. So with that framing, I ask you, what do you want to implement? You know, you, you, we know that you don't agree with George Gascon, our current DA, on anything, pretty much. Uh, um, I wouldn't say anything. Okay, well, maybe, maybe you can share what you do. <laughs> but what is it that you want to implement? So if you asked me, I think one of the things he's done that is good is that he's brought in different groups in, in different communities and given them a seat at the table. And so some of his committees regarding uh, the African-American community, the LGBTQ plus community. Victims. Yeah, they've been, you know, I think the prior administration didn't involve these communities. And the justice system is your system. It's the community, and so it should reflect the community. So getting different groups to come in and advise the DA, I think, is important. I'm 100% supportive of that, and I think it's a good idea. Um, as far as police reform goes, um, just to let you know, even though my wife's a police officer, um, and I'm supported by police officers, my mom was ran over in 2010 by an off-duty LAPD police officer who was drunk. My mom was very seriously injured. Um, our office wow. prosecuted that case. I called that police officer a coward because he fled. Um, he only got one year in county jail. I was really upset at that. My mom was in the hospital for about four months. I had to move home. Um, and so I've been on the other side. And so I think we need a JSID unit, which is the Justice System Integrity Unit, that is staffed with really good prosecutors who do hold police accountable and responsible if they commit crimes. I think part of it is people feel that these individuals, the police officers who have power, are getting away with things and other people aren't. And it's well, not it's fair. not. I mean, it, the evidence bears it out. It's not just a feeling. Um, but it seems like, at least with the LAPD, there's, you know, they're more likely to get prosecuted for doing something drunk off duty or, you know, raping a person or something that real, as opposed to killing black and Latino citizens. So I think that it's important to let the community know that even if you're a police officer, you're going to be held accountable and responsible if you commit crimes just like anybody else. I believe in that 100%. Um, I'm one of the only prosecutors who filed a pitches motion, which means a motion telling the police that they didn't give some evidence. Um, and it was a tough situation for me as a result of doing that. But I'm still going to do the right thing. Um, it doesn't mean I don't believe that police officers try to do the best they can. I, I do. But but if they're hurting somebody in the community, we need to address that. We also need to be empathetic to anybody who gets shot and killed, no matter if it's a justified shooting or not. They're still people. And a, and a family member has lost somebody. And I think we lose that too, that nobody should get killed, no matter if they did something wrong or not. And if that does happen, the DA should be empathetic to that family and at least reach out to that family and community and be receptive to that um, and, and show some sympathy and empathy for that, no matter what side you're on as far as if you think you can prosecute somebody or not. For me, I want to help victims and survivors and surviving family members. I want to give them a seat at the table. Um, I also want to help kids. Um, I'd like to bring foster kids to Hall of Justice and try to get them forever homes. Um, I think partnering with the Board of Supervisors is an important aspect of doing that. Um, I also want to deal with fentanyl, 
We have a major fentanyl crisis, and a lot of our teenagers are getting killed as a result of that. They're getting tricked. I also, we also have a big street raising problem uh, in Compton and in other areas where people take over uh, different areas and they end up hurting people in the community and they end up hurting you know, uh, younger people. We need to deal with that as well. I think those are issues that the DA hasn't addressed or talked about. And so those are some issues that I'd like to address and deal with. I'd also like to have a deputy DA in each community report to their city council once a month and then them report to me about different issues in the community. Okay. East L.A. is a lot different than Lancaster. Right. Lancaster is a lot different than San Dimas. Time flies when you're on, on the radio. Uh, you've said you don't see conservative versus um, liberal, but you've been endorsed by police unions and you've been labeled, at least by the press, conservative. The policies that you're outlining here, uh, to me, seem conservative, the positions. How would you describe yourself and then tell us how to find out more about you? So I would describe myself as somebody who's going to prosecute violent crime, but also somebody who has a heart and is willing to listen and does care about others. Um, I've been in trouble before. And so I do realize that people make mistakes. And I think we have to find a way to help people who want the help and need the help. And we can rehabilitate them. But we also have to realize that there are some people that are violent, that are bad. And those individuals, I don't want them to hurt anybody else as well. And so I hope people see me as that, somebody in the community who's raising my kids here, who doesn't want to leave. I love Los Angeles. I just want to make it a better place for everybody. And to find out more about me, you can go to www.jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, Hatami, H-A-T-A-M-I.com. I'd love your support and I'd love your vote. And I want to thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. It's thank nice you. meeting you. Thank you. It's DA Day. You thought it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> More straight ahead on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580.